Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my beautiful and recovering from a lost voice wife, Nikki. Uh, so forgive her as she toughs her way through this episode, but we are very glad that you're joining us today. Uh, if you're new here, we'd like to get it out up front and early, uh, not to let the name fool you because we are not religionless. Uh, this show is not religionless, but this world and especially this nation is becoming increasingly religionless, very secular. So that at least in part is where the name comes from. But you know, how can we live a life that's pleasing to God in a religionless world? Uh, that is what we will be trying to help you with today. Uh, as with every Saturday, as we take a look at the news from around the world. Now, this is a very special episode, and I didn't actually plan it this way when we took our break last week. So we were off last week and wasn't intentional, but this is our 200th episode of Religionless Christianity, which is pretty cool. To get here now, we've done a lot more than 200 episodes with all the daily devotionals and those sorts of things, but 200 of just um, the Religionless Christianity podcast. So, over the previous 199 episodes, as we've delved into the cesspool that is the world that we live in, um, what have you learned? Hmm. Um, there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> um, that. People of Christians have always been kind of the the outcast in every society, um, and we've always had to sift through the the culture, no matter where you're at. Um, so don't don't lose heart. I mean, talking about all this stuff can be overwhelming, and it seems like the darkness is just taking over, but God is still on His throne. And that's something to always remember as we discuss all these things. <laughs> so, Yes, Nikki, ever the optimist. Not so with me. Uh, <laughs> I think my big <clears throat> takeaway, I think what I have learned over these previous 199 episodes, engaging with people, you know, through social media and stuff like that, um, is that the godless in this nation have more passion and faith than the supposed faithful and God-fearing. Because if you talk about, you know, a story that's God-honoring, it's uplifting to the soul, it's, you know, you get the ho-hum, yawn, nobody cares, nobody watches, no one listens, no one comments by and large. But if you talk about a story that's attacking mm -hmm. the satanic, the godless, or the perverse, uh, well, then the godless, the satanic, and the perverse, they'll defend their beliefs with passion and fervor. And uh, I think that's what I've kind of come to realize is, you know, boy, if only the God-fearing people in this nation were as passionate about, about our faith as the godless are about theirs, um, this nation could probably look a lot different. Now, again, we're one very, very, very small sample size, mm -hmm. but that is certainly what I've noticed. Um, and I think it's a shame because I don't think it was always that way. Yeah, I think part of it is so much of the culture, the philosophy of the world um, is in the church. So the church has been um, deceived by and large. But I don't think, um, well, anyway, I was just thinking like we as Christians, we are called to action, but that's through prayer and like practical means. 
all the godless have is just their practical means. So I think because that's all they have, they're going to be louder. And we know the God of this world owns the media, all the social media. And so we can't get discouraged because just through the news and the social media that their voices are louder. Their voices are elevated on purpose. And maybe I'll just to discourage us, the, the godly. Um, I'm sure Satan wants to have us feel discouraged that, that we're not doing enough or, I don't know, maybe something along those, those lines. But also, because the godless only have this life, um, they don't have eternity in their mind, and we do, so we can kind of be a little less on edge as they are and be at peace and not be so loud and, you know, the ways they throw their tantrums. So <clears throat> maybe it just appears that they have more passion. And I'd say rightly so if they think this is their only life. Um, we know our God wins, and we see what God is doing. And what God is doing isn't always in the headlines, and that's, that's okay. We know that our God will have his appearing, and all those who have made all the noise in their kingdom will be bowing down to God. So I'm not upset or surprised at the way things are, because like I said, nothing new under the sun. It just seems worse because of the social media, the news, everything. So I'm well, the optimist. I know. <laughs> And I hope you're right, um, but I just am not quite so hopeful um, because I don't know that I believe there are very many Christians that are just sort of at peace and looking yeah. towards eternity. Right. I think they're far more apathetic, and their I mean, faith is an accessory that they wear. It's a little more than that. Well, that's um, what I mean. The culture has, is in the church and has deceived many so those ones, yeah. Those I ones agree. too, but I think also just it made me think of the verse in John chapter eight, verse thirty-three, um, where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, talking about setting setting them free, and they respond and say, uh, they answered him, "We are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will uh, you will become free?" And just that idea, right? The Pharisees they they just rested on their laurels. We're Abraham's children. We're good to go. Um, and I feel like that's so many American Christians. We're Americans. We're Christian. It's a Christian nation. We've been Christian forever. We're good to go instead of like really examining your heart. Um, so to me, yeah, I would like to think that there were far more, we were just at peace and at rest, trusting and looking towards eternity. I think it's far more, we're just completely apathetic and we take our religion right. for granted. And because of that, we've allowed the wicked to run roughshod over our nation and this world. And, you know, I've been reading through the book of Chronicles and, you know, Kings and just, the you know, kind of those broad strokes going over the history of Israel. And you can't live in America today and not just see just how much we have in common with those people and, you know just how quickly we fall away, take for granted our religion and our faith in God and do what's wicked in his sight. And then 
you know, just basically wait for God to bail us out at every turn. And I feel like that's basically where we are today. We're I just mean, bail us out, Lord. Yeah, we've screwed everything away. We've done away with adhering to your law in any sense, of, you know, just bail us out is basically yeah, where we are. Yeah, that's why we've said before, we um, <clears throat> the mission field is our churches here. It's absolutely yeah. our churches. I have desired and thought many times about sort of... T- changing the name of this podcast to like Puritan faith, because that's essentially where we are now. We're Puritans. We have to purify the church. The culture is the culture. It's wicked and depraved. The church is what needs um, a thorough cleansing in America. But that's what I've learned over these last 200 episodes. Um, Hopefully the next 200 will make me far more optimistic like Nikki. Maybe things are looking up. And we care for the name of God. We don't want God's name being blasphemed among those who profess to be his. It's not just so we can point the finger. It's We care about the name of God, his reputation. We certainly should. Um, we certainly should. So um, before we dive fully into this podcast, though, um, we do want to get our prayer requests out of the way here. Do you have any prayer requests, praise reports, anything of that sort, honey? Um. Well, I praise God when I know I still have laryngitis a little bit, but I had a really bad sore throat the night before. And then you prayed for me the morning that you were leaving, and my sore throat did not come back. Those miracle working hands. So, yeah, having a sore throat <laughs> is horrible. I was so it's afraid that it was going to get worse because that's just the way it goes. But you prayed for me, and I felt better. The only thing that lingered was just this, but I feel, I feel fine. So, yeah, God is good, God. and um, you know that's something that we just oddly enough have been lousy about. You know, in our own life and marriage, it's just like prayers over the like day to day mundane things. Like kids get hurt, we're just like walk it off instead of being like, well, let's pray about it. So. Definitely trying to get better in that respect and praying about everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, so for me, um, praise report and a prayer request kind of all wrapped into one. Um, I just recently, and I've talked to you guys about this on the show before, I just recently made the decision and made the switch fully to um, transfer my seminary training from a more traditional online with a seminary in residency f- to follow to the mentor model, which means I'm going to be getting mentored in pastoral ministry right here in the church that we're in. Uh, So that means, you know, the next five, seven years, or maybe a lifetime is going to be spent here in um, Albuquerque at the church we're at. But part of what that also means is to be a mentee, um, I have to be given opportunities in pastoral ministry um, and serving in different pastoral roles. And so kind of to kickstart that, the church allowed me to preach a sermon this last week at the men's meeting, and that was awesome. Uh, I haven't preached a sermon in a very long time, and it was good to just put one together and, um, you know, get up and preach God's Word. It was awesome. I got to preach on 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 and 18, and I just thought, you know, I'm always open to critiques and to improve So um, that's part of what the church is going to be doing is critiquing me and helping me improve my preaching. But I thought, you know, um, since we do have a small community, I'm going to record the sermon 
And I also have a, the other sermon I preached last year at our previous church. I'm going to record both of those. Uh, I'm going to try to do it this week and get them put up on the Patreon site. And if you want to, you know, become a Patreon and just come and listen to the sermons and offer me critiques, um, how you think I can improve in my preaching, I'd certainly be blessed by that. And we also have our community prayer list that's up there. You can come join with us in prayer, throw your prayers on there, and we'll be praying with you as well. But um, you can come by and give me some constructive criticism. I'd certainly be blessed by that. But all right. So, honey, what is on tap for this week? Yeah, um, well, really, I guess the last two weeks since, or three weeks, I don't know, since we were off last Saturday. Right? We were off for a while, yeah. <clears throat> well, there was the third Republican presidential debate. And shortly after it, um, Senator Tim Scott, he decided to drop out of the race for president. Yes, so. very smart of him. Uh, if only Nikki Haley and Chris Christie would do the same, mm. follow suit, we might actually finally get to some real discussions. And if Donald Trump would be a grown-up and show up <laughs> and discuss anything, that might be good for us, but we can always yeah. hope, can't we? Right. So weird. <laughs> All right, next, Pope Francis and the Catholic Church have decided to allow transsexuals to be baptized. <laughs> yeah, hmm. uh, it's interesting. We've been reading about what the Catholic Church actually believes with our children, trying to study it uh, a little bit. And, you know, Pope Francis following in that apostolic uh, succession, right? Uh, and this is Crazy. just what you would imagine— Christ apostles did in the early church, right? They all got together, they discussed the sinfulness of the culture around them, and then decided to change their doctrines and their faith stances to be more in line with the sinful culture. It's so weird. Just like the apostles, huh? Like, repent and be baptized. No, don't repent, but just get baptized. But baptism symbolizes your turning away from your sin. Are you repentant? Well, and it's funny, because, and we're not going to get into this story too much, but they talk a lot about in this statement that, you know, as long as you don't cause scandal in your sin, as long as you don't embarrass the Pope, do as you wish. Keep your Catholics. sin hidden, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so if that wasn't enough, Pope Francis also removed a conservative bishop from his position in Tyler, Texas. So Yeah, and... Pope uh Oh, I'm sorry. Are you showing that one? Yeah, I was going to pull that oh. one up. So, because it said in here, um, if I can find it, yeah, it says, in comments to Portuguese Jesuits in August, Francis blasted the backwardness of these conservative bishops, mm. saying they had replaced faith with ideology, and that a correct understanding of Catholic doctrine allows for change over time. Well, how convenient. <laughs> We can just change our faith over time to make it more culturally acceptable. Um, hmm. Boy, doesn't that sound like a nice, steadfast worthiness of God. Just change with the times. All right. Yeah, that's what we see. Um, <clears throat> and, um, Audrey Hale, the Nashville uh, shooter, had her memoir of sorts leak, or at least portions of it, and sadly, it's what you would expect, writing things like, 
let massacre begin and time to die and kill those kids. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, she was a child of Satan. Um, and, you know, she behaved like all children of Satan do, or like many of children Satan, or many of Satan's children do. Uh, they bring pain, they bring violence, destruction, um, both on themselves and those around them. And she did that. She brought pain and violence on herself and obviously to those around her. So um, terrible, terrible tragedy. tragedy. But uh, if you have time, continue praying for those folks in Nashville. Um, they still need it. Are you playing your music for <laughs> this, these news headlines? I wasn't going to. Next week, we will have news. So pretty bad. <laughs> if you've been with us for a while, we're trying to do something a little bit different. Uh, so that usually results in me having an idea of what I want to do and then scrambling in the last minute and not having enough time to get it done. So maybe new music coming next week. Okay. Thanks for outing me, Nikki. Yeah, sorry. It. I've been away for a while. <laughs> All right. And the Department of Justice announced arrests in high-end brothel network used by elected officials, military officers, and others. Yep, there you go. Our, uh, our leadership, right? National leadership. And with leaders like that, you just wonder, how could God's hand of blessing not be on this nation? <laughs> hmm. There's a lot of wickedness in places that you wouldn't expect, but then... You're not surprised? Nope. Same time? Not at all. So also in the vein of our national leaders, we found out that newly elected Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has his 17-year-old son as his porn accountability partner. All right. <laughs> Yikes. And if all of this seems to be too much, um, don't worry. China has claimed that... It, is, it has plans to mass-produce humanoid robots that can reshape the world within two years. You guys that have been here know that is my nightmare. Uh, but isn't that great, right? A godless communist nation is going to change the world with AI and robots. But, you know, at the end of the day, they make cheap electronics that you can buy on Amazon. So all is well. What does it matter, right? No need to worry. No, just <sighs> go buy yourself a MacBook Pro and you'll be all right. And the California governor, Gavin Newsom, is so enthralled with China's communist president that he even cleansed the streets of homeless people before President Xi visited, saying, obviously, anytime you put on an event, by definition— you know, you have people over to your house. You're going to clean up the house. <laughs> so that means your house is messy then? Yeah, or, uh, right. No, nah, no, nah, don't, don't say that. <clears throat> um, do you want to do the last one? I will I do the last drink one. some water. <laughs> so the last news story we wanted to highlight from the previous couple of weeks, Kat Von D, who neither mm -hmm. Nikki or I know, but somehow she's famous because America but Kat Von D at some point came out as a Christian. Uh, she publicly professed her faith supposedly one year after announcing she was turning away from witchcraft and the occult. 
uh, which is great news, if true. We certainly hope that that's true for Kat Von D. But don't you worry, witches out there. Your hold on celebrities is still tight. Even those who claim to be Christians, like uh, Operation Underground Railroad founder and star of the movie Sound of Freedom, Tim Ballard. Now, that's just sort of the broad brush of what happened last two or three weeks. Certainly more happened, um, but we only have so much time in the day. So a couple of these news stories, though, are interesting, um, but I really only, only want to focus on one of them. That's what we're going to focus most of this episode on. But I do just want to make a few extra comments first here. And the first one is in regard to Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House. So the article that I read about Mike Johnson, they're essentially trying to spin this as Mike Johnson has his son is his accountability partner. So his son's aware of all of Mike Johnson's porn habits and yeah, all the porn bad. that he watches, you know. But again, anytime we read the media, we have to remember they're liars and the truth is not in them. Um, so mm. that's always your going in argument with the news. So the way the article reads really is that, um, or what they explain in the article is that Mike Johnson and his son both have this app called Covenant Eyes on their phone which is an app that you put on your phone and all your electronic devices, and it monitors what you view and stuff on there, and it sends reports to your accountability partner who you select. And the report just tells them what you've been viewing um, in regards to, like, illicit stuff. It doesn't come down and say, like, hey, here's an email that Mike Johnson sent to uh, Mitch McConnell. It doesn't do stuff like that. It just, hey, he visited this site. Um so it helps guard you against viewing porn and it's a very smart safety feature to put on your electronic devices, especially if you're struggling. Um, now, I certainly would not recommend for you parents out there that you make your child your accountability partner because heaven forbid you slip and you um, actually view something. But nothing in this article indicates that Mike Johnson does view porn, has viewed porn, or that his son has caught him. It just says that he's an accountability partner, so we can assume, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt, that he has not viewed any porn, so his son doesn't, you know, he's not seeing his dad be this sexual deviant. I mean, he's not a Clinton, for goodness sake. Um, but just to, you know, give Mike Johnson the benefit of the doubt, I don't think he's a ravenous porn user who's subjecting his child to this. Right. But again, yeah. don't let your kid be your accountability partner. Um, that's not wise. I would say also, maybe don't let your spouse be your accountability partner. I mean, maybe yeah. that's a good one. I don't know. That's a touchy one. You want to come clean about your sins. But boy, if you're really struggling, that could be maybe more than they're able to handle. I don't know. What do you guys think about your spouse as your accountability partner? But I don't like it. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> the other one here, the deal with Pope Francis. Uh, you know, again, we've been studying through the Catholic faith. We're still early on in our study about it. Um, and I'll link the book down in the show notes if you guys want to go pick it up. It was written by our uh, good friend and um, uh, fellow Christian podcaster, Andrew Rappaport. You can go pick that book up. It's great read, easy read. Um, and it's not slanted, really. It just gives you their beliefs, right? So mm -hmm. what do they believe? And you can do with it what you want. But it is amazing to be Catholics I would assume, and you hold to the idea that the Pope is just, you know, he's the infallible apostle on one hand, 
And then, like it says about this pastor who just got relieved of his post, he's a fierce critic of the Pope on the other. So you believe in one hand that the Pope is following in the apostolic secession. He can issue infallible decrees. And on the other hand, you're somehow a fierce critic of him. Uh, Weird, but, you know, it's best to just not even think about it, Catholic brethren. Just push the contradictions out of your mind or else something far worse might happen. You might be forced to wrestle with what the Bible teaches rather than just relying on tradition. And nobody wants that. Uh, In this article here, one of the writers, or one of these, I think, guys that, uh, I think this bishop was discussing with on a podcast or an interview that he did, he wrote, this is total war. This guy's name was Matt. I guess he wrote on X. Francis is a clear and present danger, not only to Catholics the world over, but also the whole world itself. (laughs) Um, strong words, but Nikki and I would agree. Uh, we would be in line with the reformers, which we've discussed on here before. And we would say the Pope is an antichrist. So, um, we are certainly in line with that. But, um, you know, if you guys are interested in any of these other stories, come by, let us know in the comments, send us an email, jump on social media, love to discuss this stuff with you guys. But really the one story that interested me the most this week was Tim Ballard. So I wondered when something was going to come up (laughs) about Tim, because so many people were saying things without evidence because so many people are suspicious. Well, and there was, you know, allegations of like sexual misconduct that had come out originally, uh, I think about Tim Ballard. And, you know, the first time I heard about it was right after Sound of Freedom. So, again, we know that the media lies. So as soon as we hear stuff like that, we go, of course it came out, right? Um, here's somebody who's doing something good in the world, so the media's got to destroy him. Um, but this seems far more substantial. So do you want to read this headline and then these first couple paragraphs? I will try because my voice is getting a little Oh, scratchy. bear with us. Have right. mercy on us, podcast listeners, for my wife's voice. All right. Last month, Blaze News published a report that took a deep dive into allegations of sexual misconduct leveled at Tim Ballard, the former federal agent who founded Operation Underground Railroad a decade ago with the expressed goal of rescuing victims of human trafficking. Now, Blaze News has examined another former Operation Underground Railroad. So I'm just going to say OUR. Another OUR employee who has played a significant role in Ballard's life and in many OUR operations. Janet Rousson, is that how you say it? That's how I'd say it. A woman who purports to commune with spirits. Based on the information Blaze News has received from eight OUR associates, Rousson has had undue influence on Ballard, and therefore on OUR operations, for many years, perhaps even a decade or more. These witnesses uniformly told us that Ballard speaks to Roussan almost daily, sometimes even multiple times per day. One individual guessed that during some busy periods, Roussan worked nearly 80 hours a week, providing psychic intel to Ballard. 
Another joked that Ballard never uses the bathroom without consulting her first. <laughs> yeah, so... Yikes. You know, Tim Ballard, like it says here, the man who brought us the great movie, Sound of Freedom. We loved it. We reviewed it, raved about it. Um, he's been promoted as this godly man on this righteous mission or whatever, going around the world to save children. Well, apparently he's a regular partaker of the occult. <laughs> That's at least what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. You know, so the occult lost Kat Von D, but they still got Tim Ballard, it sounds like. Um, this article goes on in here. It says, by all accounts, Janet Roussan, 60, appears to be an unassuming wife, mother, and faithful member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now... I don't know a ton about the Mormon church, um, but I certainly had no idea that psychics operated in the Mormon church. I guess, you know, when you get into like the study, the charismatics, I mean, Mm -hmm. that can be part of the Mormon church as well. But is that a thing? Like if you guys are more familiar with the Mormon church and Mormon Mormon religion um, is witchcraft and like psychic uh, activity more prevalent in the Mormon church. Have you guys heard anything about this? Uh, The article does seem to highlight in here uh, that they aren't. It does write in here a couple times that they um, denounce it. There's a uh, section in here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it quick enough, but it just says, uh, and again, these articles will be linked down in the show notes. You guys can certainly go and check those out if you're interested. Um, But it says, Satan wants to blind us to the truth and keep us from seeking the true gifts of the uh, spirit. Mediums, astrologers, fortune tellers, and sorcerers are inspired by Satan, even if they claim to follow God. Their their works are abominable to the Lord. I guess that comes from some um, Christian or some Mormon book or doctrine that they referenced in here. I can't find it. So they think... Fortune telling and all that is a gift of the spirit. No, I think they think it's a gift of like the dark spirits. I think they would oh. claim that it's satanic, um, which we would also claim that it's satanic. Um, well, why does it say Satan wants to blind us to the truth and keep us from seeking the true gifts of the spirit? And then it lists them. Well, again, I mean, this may be saying something that. You know, if somebody is claiming to have this psychic gift from God, then that's, you know, uh, that's lying to people and um, by presenting these false gifts of the spirit because God isn't giving you the gift of divination um, and stuff right. like that. So I was saying that's what Bethel Church on Reading, California. Yeah, they, you know, they teach that pretty much through the books. They endorse written by other church members that and they take a, a verse uh Jeremiah 15:19 out of context something about extract the precious from the worthless or from the vile Yeah we, we talked about this in one of our episodes um I think yeah, I the mean, book was like physics of heaven or frequency of heaven or physics something Physics of heaven sounds right <clears throat> But yeah I mean this is a lot of what Bethel does and they're you know very new age occultic in their practices again they just take the new age mysticism and wrap it in christianity and tell you somehow it's from god now again it's the same sort of deal i would imagine is what this 
woman's doing. And they do make uh, mention in here that she will sometimes like wrap Bible verses and stuff like that into her uh, so-called visions or, you know, readings, whatever it happens to be. Again, much like Bethel. Um, so again, even if the Mormon church denounces it, it doesn't necessarily mean that people in the church don't practice it. Obviously, this Janet Rusan woman does practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, it's not even different than the Christian church in America, because we do want to make a distinction between Mormons and Christians. They are not Christians in the true biblical sense. But even in the Christian church in America, you know, many would rightly point out that false prophets, you know, they're evil and wicked people, yet our churches are filled with false prophets. You know, every city in America got people given false prophecies today and all that sort of stuff. So it, to me, would may be no different than if the church was like, hey, we don't practice divination. And there's like three people in the church that with their crystals on and all that stupid yeah. stuff, practicing divination. You know, hey, false prophets are evil, but Tom's got a prophecy for you. Like, all right. Uh, So doesn't seem that different to me. Um, But if you guys know more about the Mormon church and their uh, affinity towards mysticism, please let me know. I'm certainly interested in learning more about that. But this article goes on in here, um, I think down towards the end. It says, Tim Ballard insisted that this other gentleman named Elder Ballard, they have no relation, which is odd, even though they have the same last name, but Tim Ballard insisted that Elder Ballard, who I think they talk about in this article was the, um, oh, here, I just found it. So this was the part that we referenced here. Satan wants to blind us to the truth. And this comes from a Mormon text called the Gospel Principles, um, which they seem to reference some scripture here. Isaiah and Deuteronomy. Um, Let me see if I can find this quickly enough here about Elder Ballard. I don't understand Elder Ballard. Like, they're all called elders in the Mormon church. Yeah. That's not um, his... I thought they went by first names, is what I mean. No, so... Yeah, this guy... Elder Ballard, um, again, who it says was not related to Tim, but was considered a friend. He was the acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve, so a pretty high-ranking official in the Mormon Church, apparently. And it says, um, Tim Ballard insisted that Elder Ballard had sanctioned Rusan's readings as well, multiple sources told Blaze News, though none had ever heard Elder Ballard himself confirm his blessings or psychics or blessings on psychics, or the couple's ruse, which is a tactic Ballard used on his missions. All that information was filtered through Tim Ballard, they said. So, again, does the Mormon Church allow it? This Elder Ballard, who was the president of this Quorum of the Twelve, who's a very high-ranking official in the church, Tim Ballard's going, Elder Ballard knew about it, and he was okay with it. Uh, So, was he just, you know, kind of name dropping to give himself some, you know, Mormon street cred? Or did the elder actually okay it? I mean, I don't know, but um, definitely interesting stuff there as well. <clears throat> so again, who are you going to believe? Tim Ballard, the uh, occultist, or Elder Ballard, the president of the Quorum of the Twelve? I don't believe either. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a tough choice there. Wow. Um, but do you want to 
go on. Let me see if I can pick up back where we were. Um, this is a pretty lengthy article if you guys want to read it. Um, very thorough in their reporting about Tim Ballard. So again, that's kind of why we didn't necessarily delve too far into like the um, Tim Ballard sort of sexual misconduct stuff because that, you know, seemed more kind of, um, I guess, rumor mill, but this seems to be reported on very heavily. So I thought it was far more um, worthwhile and, you know, has the potential of being true, far more likely that it has that potential. Let me see if I can find where we were. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to read these? I'll try. <laughs> Since its inception in 2013, OUR has conducted at least a dozen missions, likely more, in the hope of finding Guardi, and spent perhaps tens of millions of dollars in those efforts, according to the estimates of a former OUR associate familiar with the case. And yet 100% of OUR's intelligence about Guardi, Marty, and his possible whereabouts has come from Jeanette Roussan's psychic visions, multiple former OUR operatives with extensive military training, told the Blaze News. And Ballard relied so heavily on Roussan's input that he brought her along on at least one of the early Guardi missions and followed her every instruction even down to the direction he was to drive his vehicle. This woman, Janet, starts telling Tim where to turn, where to go. A source who was in the truck with Roussan and Ballard at the time recalled to Blaze News with bewilderment. That is crazy to just trust someone that much, like, left or right, should I break? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you heard earlier in this, this a coworker or his associates there said, you know, Tim won't even go to the bathroom without consulting this woman, kind of I making a joke about that. that. He was just so good at his job. Like, do you need this lady or are you gifted? Well, and it sounds like he is the one who's gifted. Um, you know, and you'd have to read through the article to, or just know about OUR to know who this guardy um, person is, it's a kid that they've gone on all these missions to try to rescue. They haven't been successful. Uh, but you know, me and Nikki and I, or Nikki and I, we do believe, you know, that, uh, people can speak to spirits. We believe in witchcraft. I think the Bible makes it clear that witchcraft exists. It exists. That's what you mean. Yeah. We don't practice. <laughs> no, we don't practice it, but we believe that it exists, you know, to what extent it exists and is able to like, uh, I guess, influence or affect us. And even with this woman, to what extent she is actually communicating with anyone is unclear in this article. But from what I read, and especially in these paragraphs, right, 11 different missions, millions of dollars, she's telling them which way to turn the car. This woman is either lying and making this stuff up, or the spirits that she's speaking to are stupid, <laughs> and they're lying to her. Because she's been wrong on 11 different missions just in regards to one kid. And yet Tim Ballard still trusts her implicitly. That's weird. He still trusts her. Very yeah. bizarre. Because if you read through this article, she gives very specific um, like readings and instructions and 
divinations that is to Tim what you Ballard. call a blind faith and our faith isn't blind we have discernment we are not called to a blind faith in somebody's supposed gift in putting that even above your own common sense in your job you shouldn't and it does sound like he has blind faith in her um and you know the article kind of points out she gets some things right um, that people are like, boy, that's kind of an, but you know, that's the whole, a broke clock, clock. <laughs> yeah. right twice a day kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he certainly seemed to have a blind faith to this woman. Um, but also to me, when I read through this, it really makes me question the other operatives that mm-hmm. are going out there. Cause if I was about to go into a war zone where I could potentially die and my fearless leader is taking all of his directions from a psychic medium, right? Like, nah, man, I'm out. Uh, I'm not doing that. I'm like not going even to if war. You had someone looking for your kid, and you hire someone, and if you were to pay that person with your money to go find your kid, but then they're using a psychic, be like, how about I just go to the psychic myself, and they can tell me what to do then? Well, or also just well, first <clears throat> off, don't even entertain it. But even still, be like. What's her track record? Is it 100%? No, it's like 3%. All right. Well, we're not going to trust in 3%. But um, this article goes on in here. And this is what I was talking about before. It says, The readings also make several references to the Bible and the Book of Mormon, likely to fortify the resolve of those looking for Grady. Again, that was that kid. It says, finally, Blaze News has learned that Rusan is not the only self-proclaimed psychic who Ballard has consulted. He has also sought psychic services from at least one other woman identified only as Lori. Whether Lori is a member of the LDS Church and whether she or Rusan remain in contact with Ballard to this day are unclear. And Rusan's psychic work, which always seems to have pretended good fortune for Ballard, apparently emboldened Ballard to indulge even his most sordid ideas and whims. According to several reports, Roussan helped identify women who ought to play the part of Ballard's fake girlfriend on international OUR operations, a controversial tactic that Ballard dubbed the couple ruse. So that goes back to what he claims Elder Ballard approved of, his couple's ruse. So as I read this, this sounds like Janet Roussan was the Jelaine Maxwell to Tim Ballard's Jeffrey Epstein. You know, he keeps this girl around and she's essentially helping him uh, get his rocks off in these sexually uh, immoral, potentially, uh, Mm. engagements on his missions. She's kind of a psychic medium doing that. So That sounds really bad. Super weird, creepy. Um, But the bottom line is Tim Ballard claims to be a Mormon, Claims to be a Mormon in good standing, you know, so a believer in a false religion, a false gospel, ultimately. Um, yeah, pray for him regardless. Regardless. Knowing he's Mormon. But even still, he claims to be this Christian, you know, in good standing. But he disregards even his self-professed faith in what we would consider a false religion in order to go consult witches that will tell him what yeah. he wants to hear. And then even partner with him, apparently— they partner with Tim to gratify his perverse sexual desires. Does that sound like I got the story right? That's pretty much what I read. Uh, so 
sound of freedom doesn't really sound so free to me. Sounds a lot like bondage to sin with regard to Tim Ballard. So why is this important to Christians? You know, we like to discuss that on our stories here. And I think this is important to Christians because we're basically the number one donor to Operation Underground Railroad. Probably in all of their, you know, um, fundraising endeavors, Christians, I would imagine, donate a substantial portion of their funds. Mm -hmm. We're the ones that are moved by the stories of these, you know, dear, poor children that are suffering um, in uh, human trafficking. And they're the ones that are in need of rescue, and it pulls on our heartstrings, right? Um, And now all of that gets called into question. Like, who is Tim Ballard? And what's he actually been doing? And should should we be comfortable partnering with and supporting someone who makes regular practice of seeking and trusting in the satanic, trusting and seeking the occult. That is not a place I want to be. I would say we should not be supporting him. You know, it's one thing when Mm -hmm. it's the sexual misconduct allegation when those came out, right? Certainly bad. Don't endorse that. Don't uh, support that in any way. But you could at least rest on the fact that like, well, the media tries to smear everybody that does something good, every decent man with these sexual misconduct allegations. So it's probably nothing. Or you could just say, he's a human, he fell into sin, maybe he's repentant, let's move on. But decades and decades of regular, daily, hourly um, practicing and seeking the advice of uh, witches and the occult that's a whole different story to me. Um, that makes you wonder. Yeah, a That lot. makes you satanic. Yeah. Whereas the other one is just a person who slipped into sin. The other is like, oh, you're a child of Satan. Um, yeah. Delving into that. Those are two different things. So you wanting to be looked at as like a good person. Yeah. Dress yourself up to go and get the, you know, plunder the the spoils of those rubes, the, the Christians over there. Um and again, this story is corroborated by a lot of supposedly really close sources to Tim Ballard. Um, you know, so I know is somebody I have contributed to Operation Underground Railroad, uh, I think more than once. And um, I'm not happy about having my money potentially going to pay the salary of Tim Ballard's Jelaine Maxwell. That does not because they do talk about in this article, she made a bunch of money off of Tim Ballard and OUR. So if you contributed to OUR, it's likely your money went to go pay this witch to practice divination with Tim Ballard. Shouldn't make you feel good. Um, But what should we do about it? And I think this is tough because if OUR is rescuing these children from human trafficking, um, that is something that we should support, I think. You know, but if OUR is following the guidance of divination and Tim Ballard is still profiting from it in some way, then I don't think we should support them at all uh, in anything they do. And I think the message that needs to be sent is that we don't support sin or sinners, even if that sin somehow results in a positive outcome, Mm -hmm. right? You, You think of Paul in Romans chapter six, verse one, where he says, are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. Right, we don't just um, we don't dabble in sin, even if there's a positive result right. at the outset of, know or the end of it. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, so in like a cloak of righteousness, good works. Yeah, he's still Satan deceives people. Yeah, that's what. Tim and I'll Ballard's be honest, done. I don't trust people that are satanic. 
like if Tim and I'm just spitballing off the top of my head here, but like I wouldn't even trust that Tim Ballard may not even be engaging in these immoral behaviors. I mean, you're somebody who's given in to satanic practices and sexually immoral behaviors is what we've learned about Tim Ballard. And your world is wrapped up in sex trafficking. How do we know Tim Ballard isn't engaging in that in some way himself either? Like, I don't trust him anymore. Um, So certainly don't support him. And, you know, when you support OUR and Tim Ballard, you're attaching, you know, our work and our finances to the work of Satan and his children. And I don't think that's something we ought to be doing. Um, There's other companies that do what OUR did. So we just need to find them and support them. This article does mention doTERRA. They were a big supporter of um, Tim Ballard, and doTERRA does like the essential oils. And once they found out about Tim Ballard's sexual misconduct, they broke away their partnership, and they started funding other um, trafficking organizations. So go go help doTERRA there. Um, so how should we pray about it? You know, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27 says, A man or woman who is a medium or necromancer shall be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. They're wicked and evil people. Uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8 says, Sorcerers' portion will be in the lake of fire. They're Satan's children. You know, so we should pray for Tim Ballard first and foremost, and for Janet Roussan's soul, of course, um, because it sounds like they're on the fast track to hell. And we don't want that. I don't want that. Uh, So pray that God would arrest their hearts, convict them of their sins, and pray that the truth of this matter um, would be exposed fully, and Tim Ballard would be fully exposed, and Janet Roussan, all of them, that their sins would be fully exposed, that it might drive them to repentance. I think we should pray for that. Um, But this is a tough story to deal with, uh, because OUR has done good work. They have rescued kids. How many? I don't know, but they've rescued some. Um, but it sounds like they did it with and by sinful means, you know, mm-hmm. so how do we process that? And I'm not going to tell you I have all the answers on how you process that. Um, you know, it's tough. And I've even had these discussions before, like, you know, I don't care, you know, who my money manager is or who my accountant is. Like, you can be the greediest, you know, person on the planet, but if he's making me money, what does it matter to me? And I think at some point I even used to agree with that. I don't anymore. Um I don't want to do business with godless people. And obviously I know that we do, but when you find out about it in a certain level of godlessness, like I wouldn't go and invest my money with Jeffrey Epstein. He made a lot of people a lot of money. I would not give my money to Jeffrey Epstein. I don't want to make money off the backs of people that are, you know, that craven and sinful. And it sounds like that's what Tim Ballard is. Um, So it's tough, but we should know as Christians Um, that it would be better that each of us uh, suffer, even die, if that be the case, than that we would willfully commit one sin, even the least sin against God. I think that's an idea that has lost, um, I guess, lost traction or um, understanding in America that even our death would be better than that we would sin against Mm -hmm. God. But we don't yes. see sin that way, but we need to begin to see it that way again. I agree. Um, and I just can't help but feel that partnering with and enabling the type of sin that Tim Ballard engaged in, um, now that we know of it, right? We didn't know of it before, but we know about it now. I think partnering with that is sinful itself. Um, therefore, it must be avoided, I think, not, unless we hear of public repentance from Tim Ballard. Yeah. So, 
Um, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap this episode up here on Tim Ballard, on witchcraft, his Tim Ballard's well, fetish with wi- I witchcraft? I think with any time sin is exposed, and I get this from um, that podcast or YouTube video I watched about um, it was about parenting. What's his name? Oh, Paul, Paul Tripp. Trip. So that came to my mind because it is about parenting. Um, and it was in regards to when your own kids' sin is exposed, it comes to your knowledge, how that is a mercy of God, you finding out so that you can then pray for your child in a way that you didn't know they needed prayer. So with this and with all the things we talk about, things being exposed, look at it as a mercy of God. It's brought to God's children's attention and now we can pray for people um, who wouldn't have gotten prayer otherwise because this sin was hidden and it's been exposed. So praise God. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. It is a mercy when God exposes our sin, your sin, um, and hopefully it drives you to a place of repentance. So uh, that is all we got for this week. Um, we will be back next week. I'll try to have some horror music for you guys. Thanks, Nikki. Um <laughs> But don't forget to like the show if you liked it. Um, leave us a comment. Uh, if your platform allows you to, um, leave us a review. If you're on the podcast, subscribe, whatever it happens to be. All that stuff would help us out immensely, and we'd be um, very much blessed by it. We got some affiliate links down in the show notes. Go check that stuff out. Uh, we don't have any recommended listening for you guys this week. It's been a very busy week, so we didn't get to too much listening. Well, you could do the Paul trip. We will add in the Since Paul David Trip video. It's really good. It's a great video on yeah. parenting and the grace that we need <laughs> in parenting. So um, go give that a listen if you have some time. It's a good listen. But otherwise, we will be back next Saturday. And also, just as a look ahead, we're going to start getting our devotions back December 3rd. We're going to start back with our devotions, probably more weekly devotions rather than daily devotions. Um, but we'll see how we go from there. But um, yeah, if you're interested in that, We're going to try to have them focus more on Christ and Christmas throughout December and then probably getting into like the book of Genesis in the first or starting the first of the year. So be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, have a blessed week.